Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers, boys and girls of all walks of life. Uh, you're now tuned in to Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual. This is a yet another special episode of our, our little podcast here. Um, our guest today is, is one Mr. Eric Johnson, uh, sort of the force behind the band Fruit Bats, who have a... Um, the, the, this band's music is sort of in our DNA. You, um, When we started thinking about doing this site um we were big fans of his album uh, the ruminant band uh and then shortly thereafter that once we started along came an album called tripper uh carrie who you've heard on this podcast in fact found us um because we posted something uh about fruit bats uh so to say that we are fans might be a uh, an understatement uh this is a guy whose uh, music has meant a lot to all of us here over the past 10 or 15 years or so. And uh, his new album came out this past Friday, Absolute Loser, is, is exquisite. And we knew about this a little while back. And I honestly, I reached out to his PR person with no expectations of <laughs> ever being able to do this and said, hey, uh, we'd love to have... Uh, Eric and the band over when they're in town uh, playing at the Rock and Roll Hotel, which happened last night. It was fantastic. And uh, and uh, got almost an immediate response back that says, sure, let's, let's put this together, uh, which sort of blew my mind. And it quickly developed into, uh, will there be food available? Uh, and I said, well, yeah, because that's sort of our secret uh, project. You know, getting out on the road for a lot of these bands is hard. And uh, what we like to do here, we have the space. And so if people are touring through town and trust us not to, you know, put the lotion in the basket, uh, we cook. I cook a lot. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about that on this podcast. Uh, I've done some professional cooking and it's um, I'm pretty good at it. I make some tasty shit. Uh, so uh, yesterday, taping this on Sunday, uh, Eric... And his uh, eight-person crew that he's traveling with uh, stopped by, and we made them all lunch. You're going to hear a little goings-on in the background here, and that's because we had a big crew upstairs uh, serving them up while uh, Eric and I were down here talking. And it was one of the um, more enjoyable conversations we've had on this podcast. I say that a lot, but man, 2016 is sort of killing it. And uh, and uh, it, was, it was a... Uh, we we hit a, we hit a goal here. I think it was it was nice to meet one of our musical heroes. That's what we've been doing this for, so we can do shit like this. Um, so rather than me ramble on and gush uh, about this, I think I'll let you guys hear this conversation with, to my mind, uh, you know, Eric is one of the greatest songwriters of the 21st century. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, uh, critics. And whatnot. Uh, anyways, um, we're going to get going here. So here you go. This is episode number 183 of Jungle Glasses, the podcast, where we're sitting down with Eric Johnson uh, of Fruit Bats. Okay. It puddles here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up and go to that right there is a lot of the I love you. I love you. I love you. 
right, so uh, let's get things going. Uh, talking about a question that I, you know, I feel like you, you've been asked a lot. Yes, uh, and uh, I was I, asked moments ago. <laughs> moments you were. We're time traveling right now, yeah. which is uh, sort of appropriate. Um, you know, y- you went by Fruit Bats. You retired that. You then went by EDJ, and then now Fruit Bats is back. But in what in the first place caused you to, I guess, choose a pseudonym or or maybe like a superhero name, if you will? A, I have a super boring name. Yeah. Uh, Johnson is the most. It's the second most common last name in America. Mm-hmm. And then my first name was the 11th most common first name of the my birth year. There's just a lot of us. So, and also, it was this was the, you know, late 90s yeah. when I was coming up with this. So this was the era of of the uh, nom de plume. Yeah, How do you it, say it that? really was. Um, yeah, it, the, at least in rock. Now, yeah. now it's leaked into uh, a lot of like EDM, a lot of weird stuff. So. Yeah, and I think it's it's actually more normal. I just remember people thinking it was so weird that it was a band name. I still say we when I talk about Fruit Bats. Yeah, and it is we. I mean, it's it's and you know I have a great band now and everything too, and I want everybody to be involved. I think I started off by wanting a band, like yeah. I I um, but. It was also like I was just kind of making it up as I went along right. at the start there. So it just ended up a band name. It was a, yeah, I was doing four track tapes. I was writing stupid band names on there, and that one just stuck for some reason. I mm-hmm. just sort of blundered into it. And um, and then if I probably if I could have had a band early on, I think when I was first signed with Sub Pop, they were really kind of keen on me having a band. Yeah. Um, but uh, it just didn't happen with, with like just fits and starts and trying to get was Sub Pop your first? That, that was right out of the gate. Uh, the first label was called Perishable, which was Caliphone's uh-huh. Vanity oh, yeah, yeah, label. Yeah, yeah. Or vanity, la- it's not really it's not <laughs> a Vanity label. It's like for that's for for big people, but um, yeah, it's Caliphone's sort of house label. Nice. Um, put out the first thing, and probably would have never done anything without those guys. But so yeah, anyways, it was it just it turned into a band name, uh-huh. and and kind of has been ever since, as much as as solo things. So yeah, when I. I think, yeah, sort of went through some crazy tragedy stuff and did the whole blow your life up thing a few years ago and was just, you know, it's just the like, you can kind of see how people end up becoming homeless weirdos or something like that. We just sort of take a a few left turns (laughs) or something like, I don't think I was close to that, but it was, it was enough to sort of like blow my band name up a little bit. Just felt like the right thing to do at the time and was doing production and film scores and uh-huh. other things, and I was like, I wanted to wrap my name back into it somehow. Yeah. And that was a huge disaster because... Well, it's, it's, yeah. weird. it's weird because... And, and I'm a guilty career of disaster, not a life Well, that, that's yeah. sort of what I'm wondering because, you know, from our perspective, you know, we're all fans of your music here at the site and um, have been for a long time. And so it's essentially, it's like, oh, Eric's doing something. This is fucking cool. Like, we're, we're down with it. Um, and maybe it was because, you know, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, the EDJ album was born out of like a crisis in your family. Yes. You know, that's in the press release. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, so I'm hearing that the name change probably was a lot, a lot to do with that. Um, I try to think I'm above things like this, but the name change itself, I heard it and my initial reaction was like, Oh, that's not that good. Yeah. It's not as good. (laughs) Yeah. Even though I go back and listen to it now and it's like. Not only is it as good, it's exactly the fucking same. 
as like what you've done. I mean, sty- yeah. stylistically, it's it's a lot more personal, I think, uh, than some of the other stuff. But it, you know, it's it's certainly not like, at least in, to my ears, like career ending. No, it wasn't like a deep esoteric left turn or anything. Yeah. I mean, there's there, I think like there was a production concept on there that was like a little bit a little bit different, a little more sparkly and a mm-hmm. little more eighties or something. But uh, yeah, I, I think I mean it's exactly what you're saying though. It's just. It's what's the I, I was just asked I kept getting asked the question what's what is the difference and mm-hmm. I didn't really have an answer for it and every tour that I did with it every show I did you'd have to answer fruit bats in there like it yeah. was just I was like what is the difference and then sort of around that time I had a few different friends kind of out of nowhere just say like why don't you just do fruit bats again like not even it wasn't even I was in the middle of complaining about something but uh, but people just sort of. I, I was sort of, I felt like I was given the blessing by a few friends somehow just saying like, I was like, wouldn't that be weird? And they were like, I don't think so. No. Yeah. And, uh, and it was, it pretty much came down to like, because nobody was buying that EDJ record or coming to the shows or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I was just like, well, I could either keep singing songs for people and getting paid or not. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, um, I mean, you, yeah. mentioned, you mentioned like film scores, though. I mean, yeah. that, there was a lot. I mean, and, and in looking at it from an outsider, it looked like okay, he's moving into film scores. That's a, that's a interesting place for him to go. I, I think he throw a little festival in Oregon, in California. In California yeah. is that every year? Or yeah, I do those things. It's like a, you'd be surprised how it's not. It's not a million dollar proposition for the. Sure, it's a, sure, yeah, sure. it's it, it's still everything's still kind of a hustle. So yeah, it all looks probably very romantic and. And maybe even lucrative uh, from the outside, but it's it's not. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah, you need everything. It's these are all kind of like these are all pickup gigs in a weird way. So, yeah, yeah. And I don't know yeah. from my view that it it technically looks romantic. It just yeah. looks more like, hey, there's this creative dude out here doing this shit. I mean, you think it, like in 2016 we've lost Bowie. Yeah. We've lost Prince. We've lost Merle Haggard. Like the weirdos are going away, man. Yeah. And so if somebody like you is not not to, I hope you're not offended by me calling you a weirdo, but like no, you, I'm proud weirdo. You, yeah. uh, you know, there is in all of your music this, um, for lack of a better term, like magical realism that you're in. You're in the Eric Johnson or Fruit Bats world. Um, when you started writing, um. Is that you think that's a function of just like who you are, or was that a thing when you started writing? You're like, I want to do this for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know. I bet I I like the magical realism thing. That's flattering. I oh, um, yeah, yeah. I uh, I think yeah. There's it's a there's a, it's definitely like a fictionalized world, and I think like people who like it tend to like the whole the whole multiverse yeah. <laughs> a yeah. little bit, yeah, and uh, yeah. So no, that's cool. I I like I like that notion. I mean, I certainly I didn't set out to do that. It's just right. Yeah. Well, because you know, if if to be reductive, if you divide songwriters into the um, storytellers, and then um, divide, the other side of that is the just purely confessional stuff, and there are f- there are few that go back and forth between it. But a lot of your stuff is. Uh, it feels like in the stories, like you're there, like even uh, like as a Tangy and Rayoff Tripper, you know, like one of these people is Eric, but I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> like it's sort of like um, 
Have you heard uh, Beyonce's album Lemonade? No, not yet. It's uh, I, it's on the agenda. I if, gotta, yeah. Uh, if we have time, when we go upstairs. Yeah. I'll put it on because there's a big debate on that album. On you know when it first came out, and like oh shit, she just blew up Jay Z. Yeah, about you know, the, the about I know cheap, I know I heard about, the infidelity yeah, and stuff. But yeah. then you listen to it and ask the question like, well, what if she's just telling a story? Yeah, and has invested this much of her into that, and I get a lot of that about like what you're doing, um, and. More so in the later albums, I, I, I would say. You know, Tripper, uh, Ruminant Band is. I just became a better writer by those albums anyway. Yeah. Too. I, I'm. It's not. I wouldn't say I'm embarrassed about the first couple of records, but I was young. I mean, in in many. Yeah. I mean, in in a weird way, that's the name change for me. Is like, I could have changed it because I don't. I'm not like that person anymore. Yeah. With echolocation, when I was 23, working yeah. on that. And I just don't, I don't, I feel slightly disconnected from that person. And sure. some of those lyrics, I'm like, ugh. Because you're almost 40 now, right? I'll be 40 on this tour. Excellent. Um, Welcome to the club, sir. Thank you. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I've, I've become a better writer. Like, I know that. Yeah. And part of me is like, oh, I wish I could just start over with something because I'm the the rec let's 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 strict strike that from the record sometimes but people people like when you love somebody so you gotta play yeah well i mean i mean do you you could just be you could be that guy yeah no no. i i don't know i'm i'm i think i'm i'm aiming to please like it's 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 hard enough Uh as it is so uh at least with concerts i'm aiming to please because yeah people it's tickets to 20 bucks so yeah uh do you know damien gerardo yeah Damien's awesome. He is awesome. Uh, I think uh, I've talked with him. This is a couple of years ago when uh, Brothers and Sisters was out, and uh, there's there's a very similar like path to songwriting. I think that you guys have taken, and and the way you create like these worlds for people, uh, which is is sort of fascinating. With him, I know uh, he's told me like what he is ultimately trying to talk about. Do you think? Um, or do you ever think about it? Like, is there, like, as a writer, some truth or some point you're trying to get home with the bulk of your songs? Or is it case by yeah, case? Yeah, I mean, I, and even in my own press releases in the past, I think, which I now regret, everyone sort of thinks I'm uh, all about the sunshine and rainbow, like, that it's it's uh, it's sunshiny yeah. rainbow music constantly because it, it it has been very traditionally very major chord. But for me, I think a lot of I don't think they've like, listened to the lyrics. Yeah, then. I know. Well, yeah, that's exactly. Um, but also, I I realized a lot of my music is just me trying to comfort myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like me feeling bad and trying to make myself feel better. People are like, your music makes me feel so good, and I'm like, yeah, that's because it's I'm. It's like me in the fetal position or something like <laughs> sort of like me, like uh, trying to wrap myself in a warm blanket a little right. bit. So they're sort of feeling that it's it's uh, it's music designed to comfort a little bit. But it's it actually is coming from a pretty oftentimes a little bit of a dark place. I mean, not to, you know, yeah, yeah. get all deep or whatever. But uh, yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, it's a lot of advice, which is sort of like talking yourself through the day kind of yeah. music. Is, uh, Which you get yeah. a lot of on the on the new record. Yeah, uh, the, the exact song I think, uh, and this is this is such a beautiful sentiment. Uh, the uh, nobody's seen it all. Yeah, there's a lot of. Cause I think I've been listening to it for about a month now. There's a lot of a vibe of uh, togetherness on this and acceptance of not just like yourself but like other people. 
which I haven't heard explicitly on these other albums. Was that where you were at going into this? Yeah, I mean, this is this is that same theme that I was talking about, but I think just as an old, like a little bit older and wiser, yeah. like it's a little more. I'm I've gone into a more paternalistic sure. mode on this, where I'm just like, gather around, kids. I'm gonna tell you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> how to do it yeah yeah. paternalistic i I think would actually be a good word because it is there's a a lot of like you said there's it's an it's an advice it almost feels like almost a manual yeah you know to it's a little bit this this record is for bands for like people in bands too because at this point i'm like i don't it's quite possible that my i'm not gonna ever be hugely successful like beyond the level that i'm at I, i would like to it wouldn't necessarily mind having that but um but i have been lucky enough to be like the band's band guy and um and uh you know enough that we sell tickets and everything i'm not complaining but um but where we have fans and bands and i have like younger bands that i have sort of mentored and everything so in in a lot of ways this was the EDJ record was was this confessional thing about this tragedy and this is almost like a response to that to to sort of so it's it's me kind of singing about creativity a lot on this too. Yeah, 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 for sure. It, so beyond uh, set the financial thing aside, is that something that you want like larger success beyond what you do? I mean, because like, larger success brings just dollars, and that as a musician, that's yeah, or at least a little more. Yeah, no, I'm I'm fine for that. That's I think if you're if you're around long enough, I'm very lucky that I got. Uh, a little something to happen in 2001 and two, because that was sort of before the door closed. I I think like under the similar circumstances today, if I was in a, if I was exactly me, then let's say in 2016, I wouldn't be signed to sub pop. I would have never gotten a booking agent. It was, I'm really lucky. Like the door closed right. The door hit me on the ass as I got in. You know, it's like between that, like iTunes starting downloads. Yeah. Uh, I remember it was for the second Sub Pop record, them being like, there is a thing called iTunes that we're going to tell you about. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I kind of got in the door. And, and when you have uh, like seven or eight records or however many I have, mm-hmm. um, you make a little bit of money because it's all pe- you make pennies mm-hmm. uh, per song. But if you have enough pennies, it kind of turns it's... into something. So I'm not complaining. And I'm, yeah, but so longevity has been helpful and yeah. you just kind of got to hang in there really yeah, yeah. Um, and do other stuff like scoring yeah you yeah know? we because we talk to people a lot about um younger kids want to come out sometimes and they do this one thing and maybe they have an amazing song but they want that to be their career well and it's the american idol uh yeah, culture yeah. now it, it, you and and you need it to be like you sort of you need the lottery ticket now it's mm-hmm. not really like a developmental they you're just like because you can't do it uh you're not i don't think bands are getting paid any more than they did in 2001 when i no. started so no and some would say less i mean with, stream, yeah. with streaming and stuff and, and yeah. streaming's a weird and even for concerts true yeah uh although ticket prices have gone up yeah <laughs> it's like um yeah because it's you know it seems like um like say with streaming and stuff you can it's streaming is almost it's analogous to when napster hit so like, there's a lot of people uh, that maybe would not find you, and just randomly pops up in a playlist. Although we know that you can pay to have a position on a playlist, you know, whatever. Uh, but maybe a friend's playlist or something, and all of a sudden they find you, and 
like one of my worries about people like you and the industry going forward is how people can navigate that and turn it into something because right now it's not like you said it's pennies and, I've, and yeah i have such mixed feelings about it i don't i i almost like take a pass on that aspect of the conversation yeah at this point i'm i'm just sort of like i don't think any of us know how it's gonna shake out i think that's thing. the like, answer actually none yeah. of us know yeah so i i always just sort of feign ignorance and i'm like i don't i don't really know like and i'm i'm at least like riding my little wave that <laughs> very slow moving wave that i've been riding yeah. and I'm, it still seems to work for me so it's weird i mean because I, I yeah people also i just don't know enough about media and yeah. and stuff like that so uh, yeah i'm ultimately just like i just want to just i just want to play guitar and sing so um but uh, yeah it's a big conversation yeah it, it's a really big conversation yeah. because you have people like uh, actually one of our friends uh casey ray future music coalition he's like fighting for all of this if you don't know him you should he's a, he's a, a literal genius yeah and i'm sure people like i'm sure people who are on the side of being like fuck streaming are would be like if you're not part of the if you're not part of the solution you're part of the problem of, the, of me just being like i don't know and then because i know i just know people on both sides who are so passionate about yeah. it where i'm just like i don't know well, they maybe kind of both have a point i yeah. don't know if it's make sounds wishy-washy it's but. really confusing the market right now because i have, I have a friend is a local guy and so and i said hey uh he's only selling like cds at a show yeah and i said hey man i'm not gonna have time to get out to a show I don't have a CD player. It's 2016. I mean, I, I literally don't. And I want to give you money for this. And he's like, well, I, it's not available digitally. And that, I'm like, so to get, then he's against streaming for the most part. So it's, it's like doing these weird things to people. Like how do we do our, our art? How do we get it to people? Raising the question of the medium it comes out. Some people are like, Oh, it's on this like chocolate vinyl that like will degrade as you play it. Yeah. You know, and thinking that that is uh, important, uh, and maybe it is. So, um, so I don't, I don't know where all that's going. Um, as far as the scoring goes, when did you start into that? I, I got into that in around, I want to say the two thousand nine mm-hmm. uh, or ten, maybe even, maybe in a little bit after that. But uh, yeah, I sort of blundered into that. I mean, I think I just had had some. Uh, filmmakers who were fans that yeah. um, I for some reason like filmmakers seemed to like my band. So your music cinematic. Yeah, there's a I think there's a cinematic quality to it. So um and then one guy uh who I had we had sort of become buds, he got his first movie um got essentially picked up to get made and sort of long story short I ended up getting a gig. Yeah. And it's it's hard. It's hard to yeah. do. So I got really lucky. Then I got another movie through that. Got an agent, and it's been very slow and steady. It's been very similar to my Fruit Bats career. Like, a, um, Do just, you... just it. It's always there. It's yeah. small. Yeah. It's just very plotting. But uh, yeah. So it's it's that's like what I'm used to at this point. Like that. It's, <laughs> it doesn't doesn't stop. And uh, that's good and bad. Yeah. It's like yeah. yeah I'm just yeah. used to this being not huge. And, yeah. yeah. But it. But it. But that it works too so yeah i'm it's whenever i'm talking about this with somebody i always have to it's the the disqualifier of just being like i'm really i'm lucky and i'm happy because it's there's nothing worse than hearing somebody bitch and i do get i get paid to play it's a song about it on absolute loser 
Um, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do, so so are you like actually charting out stuff or like? I've done some arrangement stuff, um, but no, not really. No, I mean, it's more it's more feel. like textural stuff and kind of poppy stuff, and um, you know, usually when you're kind of an indie guy, uh, mm. I got like my first several films have been like romantic com- you sort of it's the romantic comedies and stuff which actually is Again, even a good harder fit. it's even harder to yeah. do um but i actually just did like a zombie movie like way more like <laughs> Are you serious yeah. and it's not it's not like a zombie it's more of like a post apocalypse okay. movie um okay. where you don't see zombies i'm in and, yeah I'm in. it's cool and it's very dramatic and totally yeah. like like if you heard it you would not think it's me at all doing the music it was really really cool right um so, so yeah, it's so awesome. What's your what's your musical background like? When did you start? Like when did you look at an instrument and be like, yeah, this might be for me? Um, I always sang. I always kind of like messed around with the piano at my grandma's. She had a piano. Uh-huh. Um, did you always have the voice you have? Because it's sort of no, it's changed over the years. And I, I it, then I um, but I always could sing pretty well. Like that was like one thing. I was never scared to like sing a it's, solo because it's in distinctive choir. and it adds to that magical realism. It's like you sing and it's sort of like what, what? How's this coming out of this guy? What's going on? Yeah, my parents are both really good singers, and oh, yeah, okay. it was just like. A, and then my, uh, somebody heard me sing in high school and wanted me to join their band, but I was too scared to um, just stand. I didn't know, yeah, what to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't, yeah, and so I. Uh, the guitar player of that band like showed me some chords and uh just like and, four, I, I i crash coursed myself into like at least just holding a guitar yeah. on stage that band actually never even came to fruition but um i also didn't know how to apply the chords that i had learned to a song yet like i couldn't figure out how to mm-hmm. like do a cover song quite yet which most people start with cover songs so i just started by writing songs so i like before i even ever learned how to play like <clears throat> you know blackbird by the beatles or something yeah. like that i wrote i had already written like five songs so oh, wow. i sort of just like learned instruments and songwriting and everything sort of all completely at once it was sort of like out of the gate so i was like that was like i just started off as a singer songwriter i didn't even have a band either so i was just playing by myself so that and you was... look and you looked at it and you were like hey this is Hey, I want to do this. This is really hitting hitting my sweet spot. Not for several years. Like, no. I mean, I wasn't. Uh, I didn't have the experience. I w- I mean, I, I never had my punk band. You know, like that was uh, everybody did. It's most not too people, late. Like most people I know, just coming up in the indie world, it's like, oh, they were in a punk band in yeah. high school, and I, I didn't have that experience, so I didn't get that. Really get that feeling right away of like it feels very good to play in a band, very satisfying. But I, yeah. didn't, I didn't have that yet, so I really started off as a like a singer songwriter again by accident. I wanted a band, but mm-hmm. just didn't. It just didn't all fit in. So no, I didn't get really bit by the bug until I moved to Chicago. I was very unambitious. Then I did start a band, but we didn't do very much. Mm-hmm. And then Moved I, to Chicago from where? From just outside of Chicago. Okay. Um, We're from, uh, or she's from uh, Milwaukee. Okay. Like the, cool. the Midwest area. Yeah. Which thank you for that song on the record. That's, yeah. That's a very, <laughs> it's a very like simple sentiment, but it's so like, uh, since we we've been together now, coming up on ten years. First time she took me to Wisconsin, I was like, this is paradise. Yeah, Wisconsin's great. That's yeah. where I was born, actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, moved there, started a band, and then I. Another one of those just through a sort of a few different lucky blunders joined Caliphone, yeah. who were really like the ultimate band's band at the time. And they, For it sure. was just like they, 
really took me under their wing and and uh, like went on a tour with them, which was actually 16 years ago this week. Um, wow. Was the anniversary of me sort of embarking on that first tour. I had uh, and Modest Mouse. It was Modest Mouse was the headliner, and they were just like on their way up. It was like after Lonesome Crowded West and mm-hmm. right before yeah. uh, Moon in Antarctica. Shins were the unsigned like regional who opener. You've, who for, you've played in? Now. Yeah, who yeah. I and we became friends and have been dear friends ever since. So, um, yeah, it was like I kind of just immediately met the world, and I just saw I, I had been. I liked doing music and everything, but then I was like, oh, well, this is like, you know, it was just sort of, I really truly fell into it. And I had been writing songs and everything, but, um, but you just see how the inner, the inner cogs, uh, work and you're like, okay, I could actually could probably do this. It just seemed so mystifying before. And then once you sort of take a little bit of a look and you meet a few people, you can do it. And, and it was Isaac from Modest Mouse and James from Shins. Shins very shortly thereafter blew up, blew up like pretty quick, or at least blew up in the indie pre garden state sort of blew up in the indie capacity even. And, um, got some pop on board with me and it was just sort of like, yeah, it was all this. It ended up happening faster than I remember it. Really. It seemed seemed <laughs> right. like it took forever at the time, right. but but it, it happened pretty fast, and and it was just a lot of like just dominoes falling. Um, but yeah, where were we going with this? I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah, it's okay though. Yeah, <laughs> it just goes it just goes wherever. Yeah. Um, we were talking about your uh your composing actually, but and doing that now. Uh, so on Sub Pop, I remember um, when you were on there, uh, Becca sent me the video for You're So Weird. and You're, I, you're Too you're, Weird. You're Too Weird, excuse me. <laughs> and uh, this is not a facts-based podcast, so it's, it's okay. Cool. Um, and I remember like emailing her back about like an hour later. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is amazing. Are are you uh i mean you're doing film scores but i mean do you have interest in film how much of you and how much of your like uh that's just a, a very specific funny ass fucking video uh to a great song that like how much of that was you how much of that was the people you were working with that was a lot of those directors who are really talented and brilliant yeah um and let me down, man. Come on, <laughs> yeah. it's all you. No, no. I mean, I, you know, they had to. They, they got that performance out of me, I guess. But no, that, <laughs> those guys are. I, it was definitely a lot. Those guys, yeah. and I didn't. They're really talented directors, and um, they. Th- that wasn't a real big budget, so they were like, "Well, let's make it low budget. Let's let's make it low budget then, yeah. and let's like play the low budget." ness up about it and that yeah. video went was so good like it was kind it of was, like the yeah i have to you, say you had george for, michael hair yeah I mean, and um yeah just the wardrobe people were right. totally brilliant and yeah i don't know how that one turned out so good but i i do because it was just like those guys are great so i i actually have to just give them so you were but when you were seeing it and doing it, you were just laughing you're like this is good i mean yeah it, it, it aligned really, with you like what you're yeah it was really funny and uh <laughs> And you, ha- I think videos. I mean, videos can be a lot of things, but yeah, I like the funny ones for whatever reason. Yeah, videos can be. You know, I I will dare you right here to do uh, a Beyonce the Lemonade thing after you watch it. Yeah, um, because uh, you're right; they can be a lot of things. Hers yeah. is a powerful film that speaks to like civil rights, speaks to women's rights, everything. 
more powerful than, or as powerful, I think, as uh, Kendrick Lamar's The Pimple Butterfly did last year. It's just like, you know, which I don't expect in 2016. I, I want good stuff like what, you know, that. Like, oh, this is entertainment. And then all of a sudden, stuff happens. And it's like, so, if you could do that, Eric, with <laughs> this new album. Sounds expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I think... I'm gonna start getting you out of here. Okay. You gotta you gotta get to a uh, yeah. a rock show tonight. Um when Absolute Loser is out <clears throat> now and if you haven't heard it, I would say if you're listening and you haven't heard it, like do that. What 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 were your hopes with this record for people? I don't know anymore. I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean I don't really know. No. I hope that people like it and understand it. Like that sounds like a very simple answer, but that's that's actually kind of right. That's the hope. Is it, it? It do you see it and like the rest of your albums is like your children or just like a thing you did and then put to bed and then like move on? Um, it's neither. neither? I don't know. Okay. Some somewhere in the gulf of space between those <laughs> two things. Really try not to take them too seriously and um. I don't. I don't like listen to my own music, or right. I don't revisit it, or think about it too much because you you make the record, you put a lot into it, and it is a little bit like birthing a child or something like yeah. that. And then you tour on it a bunch, spend a lot of time with it, and then you come back and you add more songs, and it should just always be about what you're working on right now. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks for coming down. Cool. Thanks this, for having this me. Is, uh, this is. A pleasure. Awesome. Yeah. All right. You ought to be careful when putting your heart out there because some people are bound to be mean. You say you're never going to feel that. But you haven't heard all yet. You best be aware when you're drinking the water that there could be some poison. Say you're in tune with this But you should know you're not immune, kid Please don't get me wrong Bad things might not happen to you Please believe me when I say I hope all your wishes come true All your wishes come true Eric Johnson, everybody. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. Was, I, I don't know if you could enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, that was a little surreal, the whole thing yesterday. Um, and uh, then seeing him that night uh, put, on a, put on a fucking fantastic show. Uh, and actually introduced us to a, uh, a new band that we might feature on a podcast here coming up. Uh, Promised Land Sound was opening for him. A, a fucking fantastic band out of uh, Nashville, Tennessee. So... Uh, look for that. Uh, thanks again to Eric for taking the time. Th- his whole crew for taking the time. Thanks to uh, his manager, Katie, for, for helping set everything up. 
and working with us. Uh, it was, it was uh, an honest-to-God pleasure for all of us. So, And uh, hopefully we'll be talking to all of them uh, soon enough. And hopefully you will get out and uh, pick up Absolute Loser, his latest album, which is out now. Uh, it is fantastic. I don't know if we're going to review it because it's just good. So I'll, I'll tell you right now, go out and buy it. How about that? It's a one-person panel. Buy Absolute Loser. Buy his whole catalog. Uh, keep people like Eric Johnson and Fruit Bats uh, in business. Keep them able to do what they do because it makes, uh, you know, the, the weirdos out there sort of make us, it, it makes this all worthwhile and it makes the world a better place, uh, in my humble opinion. So uh, that's our podcast for this week. Uh, coming up later this week, we are finally getting around to Radiohead. Uh, we are going to be talking a nice little panel on that about their uh, latest album, A Moon-Shaped Pool. We waited a little while on that because we wanted to soak in. Uh, it, it has soaked in. We are seasoned and ready to talk about that. Uh, and then uh, also coming up, uh, one of, to my mind, I think it's probably the best rock release of uh, 2016. I mean, it's definitely that. Uh, maybe of the past five or ten years. Uh, talking about Car Seat Headrest. Uh, so that's going to be coming up soon, uh, along with, since we're getting into June, uh, interviews with the likes of uh, Laura Gibson, uh, interviews with the likes of Robert Ellis, and uh, a few other cool things in the pipe. So uh, if you liked what you heard, uh, please subscribe to us on iTunes. You can uh, rate us there. Leave us a leave us a message or a view. Tell us what you think. Uh, you can listen to us on Stitcher. Now I think you can listen to us on Mixcloud, although I'm not sure if we're all set up there, but... Once we are, uh, I will I will put out some links for that, and uh, and working on getting us in the Google Play Store. If you just don't like uh, Overcast or you know the the multitude of apps that you can download us with and, and subscribe to our RSS feed, uh, we might be in Google Play soon. So expanding ever further uh, into the podcast space. Uh, all right, so we'll be back in a few days. Uh, as usual, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. We'll talk to you later. Guitars in the air as we stand in the sand <laughs> 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 Kenobi!